Father, we thank you for this service. Thank you for the opportunity to come together once again, Lord, and fellowship around your name and your word. And we're so thankful for that, Lord. I pray that you'd move in every heart. Lord, break up the stony ground, Lord, and let your word sink down deep into our hearts to a place where it can grow. May it not be choked out by the thorns and the thistles of life, Lord, but may we have just a, a revelation, Lord, that is ongoing and continuing in our lives that will grow and bring forth fruit a hundredfold. I pray it be so today that we be good ground to receive the word, Lord, and we'll give you the praise and the glory and the honor for it in Jesus' name. to have you back this afternoon. Matthew chapter 18 and verse 19. Matthew 18 and 19. I'd like to continue on our thought of God's great symphony. And tonight we're going to talk about harmony. Harmony. And I trust it'll be a, a blessing to you while you're turning there. Matthew 18, 19. There's some services coming up at the end of the month uh, in the area. And I wanted to remind you of that. And I haven't, I've forgotten to mention it. Brother Ivy has meetings always on Memorial Day weekend. We're going to try to go over there. We'll be back for Sunday, but uh, we'll be try to be in those services. Brother Craig Boer will be there, and also some missionary brothers. They've kind of turned that into a missionary-type uh, meeting, so I'm sure they'd appreciate it if any of you can make it over. And then uh, a little closer, Brother Danny Steeman, I believe June 3rd through 5th, will be at, at Brother Jason Jackson's. And Brother Danny's a, a good preacher, and I'm sure it'd be a blessing uh, to them for some of us to go and, and also be a blessing to you here and Brother Danny. Uh, and so you're welcome to do that as well. And I just wanted to remind you of those things. And then towards the end of the month, Brother Andrew Glover is going to stop by and see us, and I'll let you know about that during a week. And then um, Brother um, uh, John Baduca will be here as well after Memorial Day. Uh, with us like he was last year. So looking forward to those things. Isn't God good to us? Amen. Matthew chapter 18 and verse 19. Again I say unto you that if two of you sh shall agree on earth as touching anything that they shall ask, it shall be done for them of my Father which is in heaven. If two of you shall agree on earth. Amen. I believe that's the word of God. Amen. 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 You may be seated. I think it's an understatement to say that people don't always get along. Mark Twain once said, he said, I built a cage and in it I put a dog and a cat. After a little training, I got the dog and the cat to the point that they lived peaceably together. Then I introduced a pig, a goat, a kangaroo, some birds, and a monkey. After a few adjustments, they learned to live in harmony together. Good thing there wasn't a, anything in there that wanted to eat the other one. But He said they learned to live in harmony. He said, I was so encouraged by that that I, I added an Irish Catholic, a Presbyterian, a Jew, a Muslim, and a Buddhist from China, along with a ba Baptist missionary I captured on the same trip. He said, and in a very short time, there wasn't a single living thing in that cage. <laughs> we're Christians we're called to live peaceably with all men aren't we the Bible says uh, as we look at God's great symphony you know music's not written randomly but there's laws to it and those laws have not been invented they've been discovered right it, there's already a law of what sounds pleasant to the ear and they can take that and break it down into mathematics and, and break it down into uh, into laws and and then, uh, so music is very mathematical, and as I understand, I don't understand the music theory as a whole, but just a very little that I do understand is very mathematical. And so those laws are discovered to be there, They're already there like the law of gravity or something like that. And when those laws are broken, you know what you get? You get heavy metal music. Yeah. Music that don't sound good. And actually, it's very true that rock and roll music actually breaks the, some of those laws, what chords should come next and things like that. And, and then when it becomes extreme like that, it actually sounds bad, and then bad is good. And so it kind of turns around on itself, but uh, or good to some people anyway, not to me. But one of the laws of music is called harmony. Harmony. Harmony is a combination 
of simultaneously sounded musical notes to produce chords and chord progressions that have a pleasing effect. Harmony is actually what injects melody with emotion. And, and what that means is if you just played the melody to a song, if, uh, if you were a piano player, it would be the uh, right hand and left hand. And if you just, uh, in, just play the melody, there's little emotion to it. But if you play the harmony with it, it produces a feeling, gives you a feeling. And so, and it actually adds what's called undertones or things in the music that can't be heard in the notes separately. It actually produces a sound beyond just the noise made by the two notes. But together, the two notes will actually produce more music than they do by themselves. Each of them themselves. Does that make sense? So you're not just adding two, and that's a scriptural principle as well. You know, one will put a, a hundred to flight, two a thousand, or, or whatever that is. It doesn't go up by, it doesn't double, it goes up by tenfold, yeah. right? And so uh, we find that uh, music together actually uh, produces a sound that you can't get unless you have the two notes together. Without harmony, you have a bunch of notes which are pleasing in themselves, but when you put them together, say, in the wrong way, they're discordant. That's a, that's a word that's used in the music, discordant, discord. We would say at harmony and discord are also used of fellowship, and I'm going to use them in that way tonight as well. But, but they sound terrible, uh, discordant. In, in gospel music, we have something called four-part harmony. It's actually a, a classical music thing. In the classical world, it's a... Four-part harmony was played on four different instruments or perhaps with four different voices and was written uh, with, a, with a tenor and an alto and a soprano and a bass uh, voice. And in gospel music, they've taken that and they've got the tenor and the baritone and the bass and the lead singer. And those four notes, they're, they're all singing the same song. They're all using the same music, but they're actually singing different parts to that music. And I'm going somewhere tonight, so just hang with me, okay? Now, they're, they're pleasing in themselves, but when they're played in a discordant way, they sound awful. And that's why you play certain notes together to make a chord. And there's seven notes within a chord. You play one of those notes, to get those notes together or in some relation to one another, and they sound good. I, there was a group called the Cathedrals years ago that did a song called Heaven's Parade, and they showed what it would sound like. They would sing each part by itself separately. Some of you may remember that. And it sounded not very good when, he, when each one would sing it separately. But you put it all together, it sounds pretty good. Yeah. And it, but it's different. You would never sing that way singing solo. Right? Because there, it, it's meant to be together. And so, and I mentioned this this morning, but pleasant music pleases our neurons. It actually, it actually triggers something in the brain that sweet sounds carry more information than harsh ones. And since the time of the ancient Greeks, people have known that two tones whose frequencies were related by simple ratio, and I may be getting a little bit too deep for myself here tonight, but just hang with me, as I said, that if you get two sounds that are in a 2-1 ratio or a 3-2, which is a perfect fifth, so if they're in the same octave or in the same, or related to one another by fifths in the music, that they produce the most pleasing or consonant musical intervals. And that effect doesn't depend on musical training. In other words, you hear that. You don't know that necessarily, but you hear it. Yes. Right? And people that play by ear, like Sister Carla, or many of our musicians mostly play by ear, they're not reading notes, but they can hear when it sounds wrong and anticipate what the next one would be because they're playing the chord and they can hear the difference. Now, so it doesn't depend on musical training. Even infants have been shown that they know the difference in music when it's played wrong or when it's sung wrong. Or in other words, when the chord doesn't follow correctly or the notes aren't, aren't together. And monkeys can even hear the difference. It's just, it's just the way it is. It's a law of music. And so, and again, I'm, I'm, I'm laying a background for something, and I won't hold you too long tonight, but if you'll show that next slide... I think I put, yeah, I put the circle of fifths is what this is called. And so the, you can see that the keys are in relation to one another. So if you played in C, you'd be in C, F, and G. It's right together, right? It, it works together to make up the chord. And, and, and then you can set a mood by what music is played. You know, God doesn't want everything to be the same. 
right? And so when you look at music, music can go make you feel happy or can make you feel sad. The major keys make you feel happy. The sun's coming up. The minor keys make you feel sad. The sun's going down, right? But sometimes there's a purpose for that. Many of the psalms, uh, if you go back and play them in a minor key, you can kind of get the feeling or the emotion that David was going through, right? And so there's a there's, there's a relation there, and if you put those together in a proper way, and a good musician is just somebody who has the feeling or the, or the ability to put those things together in a proper way, and in a way that maybe they think outside the box, and, but it's still related together. It's within that law. But to be discordant is to actually break that law. So that next slide is a, is a harmony line, just so that you can see it. If you know how to read a line of music that the uh, that the notes, you see the single notes, whenever you have more than one note stacked on top of each other, that's harmony, right? And so that's what we are as a church. That don't make any sense to anybody, does it? <laughs> right? You t alone, you're, you're down here, you're, you're playing one note. As a church, you're playing at the same time, right? But you don't necessarily play the same thing as you would when you were playing one note. But when it's together, you're, you're listening for the other person. You're, you're hearing the other part. And, and together, it sounds good. But if it's discordant, it sounds harsh and jarring. Now, we know, as we said this morning, that the Word is the music, the sheet music. Is that right? Yeah. And the Holy Spirit is the conductor. And we are playing the parts. Yes. Right? But our part by itself would be okay. It would. It'd sound good if we all sang solo by ourselves. Yeah. But if we all sing solo together, it don't sound good. Yeah. Now, I'm not talking about music and singing tonight as much as I am about the way we live our lives and the way we treat one another and the way that we relate to the Word of God. Yeah. Right? Because really, you want to harmonize more than even what you want to harmonize with one another. But you've got to harmonize with God who is the Word. You've got to stay in harmony with him and with the way that with the with the music as it's written. So we're playing a part and and the sound, the full sound that the composer of the music called for comes through harmony. Because now let's go back to Matthew 18, 19. If you can go back to that, Esther, my my scripture, the text that I read. It says, Again I say unto you, if two of you shall agree, shall agree. Notice that word. That word is symphony. Symphony. Agree. It's symphony, to be of one mind, to agree together, to play together, right? to be an orchestra. If two of you will be an orchestra, if two of you, in other words, will play in harmony, right? where you can't all be first violin or second violin, you can't all, be, you can't all play the same note, but if two of you shall agree, and the one that every note is important, I've always thought about the man with the symbols. You know, he stands there, and maybe he's not used all through the whole, the whole musical play or whatever that it is, but at the very end of it, he'll maybe use one time and that's it. Right? He just kind of claps his, his symbols together and that's it. But, he, but he's needful. He's necessary. Uh, there was a famous, there's a famous piece that was written, and I can't remember the name of it, but it actually uses real canons. And it don't hardly sound the same unless you use real cannons. And so every once in a while they'll get real cannons and play this piece. You can find it on YouTube where they actually have, they play the music and during the music at one point because he's, the musical, the story he's telling is of a war. Right? And so in, during that war there's cannon fire. And it actually fits in with the music. But they wait during and they only play one time. The, the cannons go off and that's all. But it's part of it. And so you, you may just be the cannon fire that goes off once in a while, but you're part of the music. Yeah, right. Now, so that symphony is, is to agree, shall agree, be in complete accord like the notes of a perfect strain of music. And so one man's infirmity is upheld by another's strength. One man's short-sightedness is compensated by another's wider view. One man's little faith overpowered by another man's firm confidence. We were meant to play, if I could put it that way, or or sing, or, or live, or manifest the Word together. Yeah. Not, not just separately. Does that make sense? Now, in the Scripture, again, the two of you shall agree, it's, it's, the Word is literally symphonized, or harmonized. It's a metaphor taken from a number of musical instruments set to the same key, playing the same tune. It means a perfect agreement of the hearts, desires, wishes, and voices. Two or more persons praying to God. 
It, it, it intimates that as a number of musical instruments skillfully played in a good concert are pleasing to the ears of men, so a number of people united together in prayer. Yeah. If two of you will agree on one thing, yes. you realize the power of that, that's pleasing to God. Yeah. He said if two of you will symphonize, will harmonize, that will be pleasing in the ears of the Lord. But in order to harmonize, many times you must learn to listen and to the other voice. And especially if you do it by ear, you've got to learn to listen so that you can sing. That's the biggest part, the biggest reason why we have disagreements is people don't listen. Now think about it. They're not listening. And so you're trying to sing your part and, and he's trying to sing his part. And both of you together are singing something that may be good, may be true, but it doesn't fit together. And when you come together, whether it's in a marriage or whether it's in a church, you, you have to listen to the other part and sing a part that would be complementary to that, not overriding it. Right? Not singing a solo. God's not asking you to be the same. But sometimes you've got to listen to the other voice and let it be dominant when the music calls for it. Right? Let it, because there's always a dominant voice. He's not asking us to be the same, but to complement one another. Brother Branham said, I believe that God is a God of variety. The world proves that. He's got big mountains and little mountains. He's got plains. He's got deserts. He's got different things because he made it the way he wanted it. He made the season, summer, winter, spring, and autumn. He made the season. It shows he's a God of variety. He made you in a variety. Some men are real blusterous. Some are real dogmatic. I'm not... In this smaller crowd, I'm not going to get into who's who this, this tonight. Others are fine. Others are kind. Fine, you know, they're, they're just real, uh, real gentlemen. Others are kind, and you just find all different kinds of people in his kingdom. It's different instruments, right, to be played at different times in different ways. But sometimes he wants two or three to be played together. Right? And in that moment when it's not your solo, that's the time when you've got to learn to play with other people. Right? Well, it's me and my family. I'll do what's best for my family. That's not the way a church is run. Right? You've got to learn to listen to what's going on and, and, and bow yourself to that. And when it comes in the bigger picture to the Word, we've got to learn to do that. Right, to play, we don't, we don't play solo. Even other churches, and uh, you know, and I'm not complaining, but just me, myself, I think, Lord, help me to be a compliment to another church. If there's another message church that preaches the same, I don't want to clash against them all the time. Let me be a compliment. Right, where we can play the harmony part, let's play the harmony part. Where we can play the solo part, it's our meeting, it's our time, let's do that. Right? But we want to be a compliment. When you go to another meeting or you go to another church, uh, we're fixing to take a trip if the Lord wills it overseas and if he allows us to go. And when you go, you want to be a compliment. You go and find out what's going on and you compliment that. You don't, you don't go in and just, and just tear it apart. Most of the time you're there not to sing a solo, but to be, be a compliment. Now look. He's got different things because he wants different things. He made men and women differently. Genesis 2.18. And the Lord God said, it's not good that a man should be alone. I'll make him a help meet for him. A help meet for him. So it's like Adam is out there. He's singing lead. And God listened to that. And he said, there's something wrong with the song. It needs a harmony part. Right? He's singing a good lead. He's walking out there singing, whoa, you know, whatever it is. Oh, that's a bad song, isn't it? But he could, he could sing lead, but God said it needed a harmony part. And so God created that. You know, ladies usually do pretty good on the harmony part on a song many times. And many ladies sing a great lead part as well. But I've noticed that, that it seems more natural for women to be able to sing a harmony part. And, and I think women were created for that reason. They, they're singing the harmony part in the marriage, right, when the marriage is right. And so Genesis 2 and 20 says, Adam gave names to all the cattle and the fowl of the air and every beast of the field. But for Adam, there was not found a help meet for him. That help meet is his counterpart. It's a Hebrew word means counterpart, a help suitable to him, a wife. But this is not limited to husbands and wives. I want to look at it in perspective of the church because the, the Hebrew name Eliezer, have you ever heard of the name Eliezer? I'm trying to get you to respond tonight. I know that you're dead tired. We'll rush through it. But the name Eliezer is derived from the 
Hebrews are the reason why I give these young men these afternoon services a lot of times. But, you know, his counterpart, and, and Eliezer was a counterpart, and his name literally means God has helped. Moses named his son that. And then you find Abraham's servant named that, Eliezer. It's God has helped. It's, it's not just that Eve was a help meet for Adam, but God had an attribute that wasn't displayed fully in Adam alone even though he had Eve in him. You understand? But in that format, God, see, sometimes God has to break you before he can remake you what he wants you to be. That's a, there's a great truth in that. Huh? And so he had to do surgery on Adam. He had to separate him and able to make him what he wanted him to be. So he separates Adam, Eve from Adam, and in separating her, she become the harmony part. She become the complementary part. That's the help meet for him. But now... Uh, it, it's not just that, but that was an attribute of God. So it's not just, it's not that he's an attribute of God and she's a second thought, right? That, well, we'll just have to do this because it didn't work the first time. But she was also an attribute of God. And it was an attribute of help. And it's a gift in the church. Do you know that? To be a help. 1 Corinthians 12, 28. God has set some in the church. First apostles, secondarily prophets, thirdly teachers, after that miracles, then gifts of healing. Oh, it sounds good, doesn't it? Wouldn't you want to be a prophet or a teacher or a miracle worker or have a gift of healing? Helps. Helps. Governments. What are helps in governments? Helps in governments are people who assist the prophets and the pastors and the evangelists and the teachers. Right? And assist the church, assist one another. Helps governments. Diversities of tongues. The Greek word is, uh, it refers to assisting people in need. But it also has the idea of calling on God in a time of turmoil so that he can act in the situation with his full power and force. Some people are given a gift of help. They call on God, a gift to pray, a gift to help the church in that way, a gift to show up at church. Some people have a knack for that, a gift for that, a gift to be there, a gift to be a help to the pastor, a gift to be a help to the musicians. Maybe they're not a musician, but they're a help. Maybe they're not a pastor, but they're a help. Maybe they're not an evangelist, but they're a help to an evangelist. Right? It's a gift. It's an attribute of God, which is what the gifts are. You remember the gifts are off of the great diamond. The great diamond's there, and when, it, every, when the light strikes in a certain way and it spreads, the prism, Brother Branham calls it, that's the gifts that come off those light rays that come off of the great diamond. Then what, what is it? The help is one of those attributes, one of those light rays. 1 Corinthians 12, 29, are all apostles, are all prophets, are all teachers, are all workers of miracles, have all the gifts of healing, do all speak with tongues, do all interpret but covet earnestly the best gifts. He said, and yet I show unto you a more excellent way than coveting the best gifts. Right? He's not saying there, there won't be any more gifts, but I'm going to show you a more excellent way than coveting the best gifts. He said, though I speak with the tongues of men and angels and have not charity or love, I'm become as a sounding brass or a tinkling cymbal. Though I have the gift of prophecy, understand all mysteries and all knowledge. Though I have all faith so that I could, so that I could remove mountains and have not charity, I am nothing. Notice what he types it to. He says, though I, have not, though I speak with the tongues of men and angels and I don't have charity, I'm discordant. Yeah. Right? I'm a sounding brass. I'm a tinkling cymbal. I'm out of order. Right? Without love, I'm out of order. Oh, God, help us to realize that today. If I preach without love, I'm out of order. If I, if I prophesy without love, I'm out of order. If the things, the things that I do, if I do it without love, I'm out of order. I'm discordant. I become a sounding brass or a tinkling cymbal. Without divine love, the gifts or even the gifts of God are discordant. The Brandon was asked a question and questions and answers. Can you have the Holy Ghost without the signs following immediately? I'm paraphrasing that, but that's basically what they're saying. But the Brandon said, now the Holy Spirit appoints these offices. But when you try to force yourself into it, he said, if I had to eat cherry pie, what if cherry pie made you vomit? I hope you didn't have cherry pie today. <laughs> he said, you're hurting, hurting yourself. And that's the way you try to do when you try to force yourself to do something it's contrary to the Spirit. So he's answering this question. He's saying that, and Brother Branham deals with it as if he says it's in the group. Right? Wherever there's a group of God's people, you'll find these gifts. But it's in the group, not on any one individual. So one individual may not be the pastor or the evangelist or the prophet or the teacher or the helps. Right? But it's in the group. 
And the signs follow the group. Brother Brown said the signs follow them that believe. Yeah. Right? The signs follow the group. Not necessarily the individual, although they will. But, but it's the group. It's individuals that make up a group. One might have a sign follow him of, of healing. Another one casting out devils. Another one of, of speaking in tongues. But it's all in the group. You understand? Let me understand that tonight. I'm going to have you start standing up in a minute. So. But Brother Brown said, if you try to force it, you're hurting yourself. And he said, so can you imagine now, think about it for a minute. As I said, Adam had that great voice, but he was singing solo. And so God said, it's, it's lacking something. And maybe even the soloist would have to, in order to sing a harmony part, would have to alter his voice. Because out of him was taken something, and then it would made Eve and... So he even altered his voice and she altered hers so that it would fit together. Just like when you get married and you alter your ways and she alters hers and it fits together. It becomes something entirely new. Right? And so can you imagine how that sounded to God? He said, this is it. It's perfect. And we know he thought it was perfect because he said, it's very good. Right? It's very good. And then he, he strives to recreate that all through time until finally he does with Christ and his bride back in the Garden of Eden again. That's his threefold purpose. The third fold of his threefold purpose is to go back to that condition. That was pleasing to God. Yeah. Right. Now, what about, look at, look at that. They were in perfect harmony. What about when his bride on the earth was in an upper room? And the Bible says when the day of Pentecost was fully come, they were all with one accord in one place. Amen. They were with one accord in one place. And the harmony began to exist again. Can you imagine how he must have felt when he heard that, when he saw that? I'm typing it so that you'll understand. As, as if they were singing. And it was beautiful like a choir. Oh, I believe that same thing. Brother Branham taught us this harmony exists again at the end time. That the great symphony all comes together at the end. He said this, he said, notice what harmony. Jesus never did anything until seen of the Father, where the Father showed him first harmony between God and Christ. He said, so will the bride. Yeah. Amen. And he shows her his word of life. He shows her and she receives it. She never doubts it. Don't you want to be somebody like that tonight? She never doubts it. Nothing can harm her, not even death. For if the seed be planted, the water will raise it up again. He said, amen, then I got a great big hallelujah. Here is the secret. The word is in the bride and the mind of Christ. Amen. To know what he wants done with the word. Remember, the word is the sheet music. The word is in the bride. She plays by ear. Hallelujah. Because she's got the, the word in her. It's not just on paper anymore, but it's become flesh. And she does it in his name. She has, thus saith the Lord. What is it? She's a help suitable to him. She is his harmony part. So now he hears on the earth again a people at the end time that can sing a complimentary part to the word. Thank the Lord. Amen. Now, when Brother Branham was out west, you remember the tape boys, Leo and Gene, had started a church. And Brother Branham said this about that church. He said, but... What a greater thing, talks about making tapes. He said, what a greater thing God has did for them than to make tapes. He said, most anybody can make a tape that's got the intelligence to turn on a tape recorder or can sell. But it takes guidance of the Holy Spirit to guide a little group together like this this morning and keep them together in harmony and unity and still clinging to the message. Now, that experiment that they had there failed. It wasn't based on with good leadership. It didn't stay with that leadership, but we've seen that replicated all over the world in message churches that where people, that where it was replicated, God would provide a gift that would keep them together in harmony and unity. And Brother Branham said it was, took a greater gift to be able to do that. It takes guidance of the Holy Spirit than just to make a tape. Now, again, Brother Branham said this about the church being together. He said, notice if every person in here was in perfect harmony, perfectly harmony with the Holy Spirit, Every one of you is filled with the Holy Ghost and in harmony with the Holy Ghost. These signs would be just multiplying among you all the time. Yeah. It'd just be constantly going. But where there's confusion, where there's difference, and where we set up, in other words, we say this one, this is what he's gifted to do. But wait! Yeah. Right? He said, let the, let the preacher wait on his, his ministry. 
Right? Let the, let the uh, prophesier wait on his prophesying. What's he saying? Let, let, see what God does. And then let the offices be filled by those who can do it. Does that make sense? But when there's confusion, where there's difference, where we set it up, the Holy Spirit can't move itself. You see, it can't operate through the people. That's what he wants to do, isn't it? Again, he said, now if the whole church would work in harmony like that, then among us we'd be casting out devils, taking up serpents, drinking deadly things, all kinds of things going on. But when you try to force that to individuals, he said, you get yourself, that's Pentecostal again, you get Babylon confusion, you can't judge that, right? Because you forced it on individuals. Now, how, how do we have this harmony today? Notice, are you still with me tonight? I'll just be a few more minutes. When the music changes, God in, in morphine, as Brother Brown said, he changes his mask. You've heard him preach it in the unveiling of God. Yeah. And mighty God unveiled before us. Notice the musicians at that point change what they're playing. Right? God is changing his mask. The director is changing his actions. The conductor is changing what he's doing. And so the musicians change with the conductor. Right? If you had the musicians going on and replaying the same set of music, you'd have a problem. But when the conductor changes, you ever seen them up there? They'll have a bit of sheet music and they'll flip the page. Guess what happens? Everybody else flips the page, right? Because they're moving on to the next act, the next movement. Oh, God. And the Bible says that we all with open face beholding as in a glass the glory of the Lord are changed into the same image from glory to glory, from one movement to another, even as by the Spirit of the Lord. But the Brown said the same one that come down on the day of Pentecost is the same Holy Ghost that's manifested today from glory to glory to glory. And it's back to its original seed. Oh, that's powerful. With the baptism of the Holy Ghost, with the same signs, same wonders, same baptism, same kind of people acting the same way, with the same power, the same sensation. I'm going to fight for that. I don't know about you, but I'm going to fight for a church that has that same glory in it. Because that's the glory that it changed to on the day of Pentecost. Right. He said it's from glory into glory, and the next will be changed from this glory. The next will be. Now notice the next change. In this glory we have prophets and apostles and evangelists and pastors and teachers. In this glory we have, uh, we have the gifts of the Spirit. This is his mask. God in his church. You understand? That's this glory. That's what we have. It don't change until the conductor changes it. The church doesn't change its form until the conductor changes his mask. Oh my but we had a prophet to come tell us, reveal him in a son of man ministry again, so that we, we could see he's fixing to change his mask. But he said the next thing, the next will be, the next glory, is changed from this glory into a body. Amen. Aren't you looking forward to that day? That'll be a body that never gets tired, never sweats, never, uh, never gets hot. Amen. A glory likened to his glorious body. He said with the same, now, he said it's changed from this glory into a body like his own glorious body where we shall see him. He said, Abraham saw the same. He said, notice we see how it was changed. Since Calvary, we are invited to share his glory. That's the glory we're in now, by the way. Till these bodies are changed. Since Calvary, we're invited to share this glory, his glory. Now, in 1 Corinthians 12, we're baptized into his body. By one spirit, we're all baptized, not by one water. One spirit, we're all baptized. That's right. He said, and then we become part of him. But it's just like a great symphony that's playing out. We're acting out a drama. He said, I don't know too much about symphonies or drama, but I was watching this play talking about Carmen and my daughter and them was in it. They were playing in this symphony and Carmen, they was acting out. The music was acting out the same thing. He said, that's the way it is when you're baptized by the Holy Spirit into Christ. You're acting out the same thing as God changes his mask, so do you. Oh, God. So that's the glory that we're in, is the glory of God in his church. Now... He said, that's the way it is when you're baptized by the Holy Spirit into Christ. He said, now see, many of you have read or heard the story of the great Russian composer who composed Peter and the Wolf, how that they act that out on symbols and everything. And anyone who knows the story that's reading off a of paper can hear that symphony, how it's acting that out, the drama, playing it out, why they know every change. They can look at it here and see the change. He said, but now what happens if the composer writes something? We find out that it isn't just acted out right. We find out then that there's something that happens. There's something lacking. Right? The harmonies aren't coming together. Why? Because somebody didn't play their part 
or the conductor got out of the spirit of the composer. He said there's something lacking when we see them. He who composed it has made it up and wrote it out, and then the symphony is playing it. He said it hits the wrong note. He said there's something wrong. The director gave the wrong motion, see? He said, and that's what's the matter today. My Lutheran brethren, my Baptist brethren, my Pentecostal brethren, all my brethren from all different denominations, that's what it is. You're trying to give a note that hit back in the days of Luther. Wesley like that when the, actually the sheet music here shows that it's another day. We can't live in the light of Luther. He was a reformer. We appreciate his part, but we played that out. We're way over here at the back of the book now. See, we can't play it out like that. He said, now the only way that you're ever going to be able to do it, my brethren, is this. Are you listening? Yeah. He said, and brethren of the world, the different parts of the world, I might say, there's only one way for the director to do. <laughs> when, when your life gets discordant, when your family life gets discordant, when the church life gets discordant, there's only one way. If you're responsible for something, whether it's your life or for your family or for a church, there's only one way for the director to do. He has to get in the same spirit that the composer was in. Yeah. Then he's got it. And when the church, the symphony itself, or the world is watching for these signs and wonders, when the church and the composer and the director all get in the spirit of the composer, then when they say the days of miracles is past, it don't hit the right note. He said, but when it gets in the right swing of it and the right spirit of it, how are you going to do it until the spirit comes down with the composer? And when you say the days of miracles never pass, the symphony cries out. Amen. <laughs> now you're the symphony. When we hit and say Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever, the symphony cries out. Yeah. <laughs> you understand? The symphony is in harmony. Hallelujah. Yeah. The whole symphony is right in harmony with the word. Brother Brown said there's no more guesswork. You shall receive power after the Holy Ghost has come upon you. The symphony cries out. Yeah. I got it. Amen. There's no more guesswork about it then. The whole symphony is right in harmony with the word. He said it's going Clapped his hands together, probably in better time than that. He said, that's it. Oh, it's a magnificent thing. The director and the composer must be in the same spirit. And so must the musicians be in the same spirit to act it all out. And the world is wondering what's going on. He said, let's get back and get the symphony playing right. Where they of the world can see. Amen. Where they of the world can see. Where the people at school know. And the people at church know. And the people in the community know. This person is in the spirit of the composer. Oh, God, they can tell. Yeah. They know. I was so proud of Esther the other night when her friends came, and, and Peter, some of Peter's weren't able to come, but, but they, her friends came to the, her birthday party from school, just girls from school. They're not necessarily, some of them go to church, some don't. And they come from school, and, and I asked them, I said, what's Esther like at school? And they said, oh, she never gets in trouble. <laughs> Embarrassed Esther. She never gets in trouble. I was like, man. Well, that, it's taken a lot of years to get to that point, but <laughs> Esther's always been a pretty good girl, but, you know, you have to work with your kids, and but she, it never gets in trouble. And they said, but the, this, this, this helped me more. That one girl told me, she said, she's the best friend I've ever had. Right. Huh. But you know what? The Holy Ghost can make you a good friend. Yes. When you're in the spirit of the composer, right. makes you a good friend. Yep. Huh. Makes you a good husband, makes you a good wife. Well, you're in the spirit of the composer. Makes you a good deacon. Makes you a good pastor. Yes. Are you with me now? Yes. You're in the spirit of the composer. Yes. You may not have all the abilities in yourself, but you're in the spirit of the composer. And I'd much rather have a, a musician who's in tune and in with the spirit who can play with the other instruments than one who gets everything right. You understand? The one who can get in tune with what's going on is more valuable than one who's technically correct in everything. And that's the way it is. We can, we can know all the word. We can be able to quote it frontwards and backwards. But are you in the spirit of it? Can you work with other people on it? Are you a good friend? Are you a good, are, are you a good uh, Christian? Amen. Brother Branham said, let the directors get in the right spirit. With the musicians and with the composer, everything will be all right. Do you believe that tonight? Amen. Closing in just a moment. He said, then we're no guesswork about it. He said, we are identified with him then. What part are we acting out today? Where are we at? What, what's, the, what's the music show? We could read Revelation 10.1, where we see a mighty angel come down from heaven, clothed with the cloud, and a rainbow was on his head, and his feet was as it were the sun, his feet as pillars of fire. And we read that, and we begin to look at it. That's already been played. 
Right? That part's already been played. So where am I at? Revelation 10, 7. In the days of the voice of the seventh angel, when he should begin to sound, the mystery of God should be finished. As he hath declared to his servants the prophets, that's good. That's a good part. Aren't you glad for that part? That's already been played. Right? Brother Branham taught us that in, in, uh, uh, in the sermon. Is this a sign of the end, sir? And then he, he comes back around. When he comes back around and preach, what is the attraction on the mountain? He said, what was prophecy is history. He said three years ago, these things were prophecy. Now they're history. So now these things, Revelation 10.1, Revelation 10.7, already fulfilled. But look at the next verse. And the voice which I heard from heaven spake unto me again, the conductor. Are you with me now? Spake unto me again and said, go take the little book, which is open. It's open. It's an open book. Aren't you glad for that today? Take the little book, which is open. And in the hand of the angel which stands upon the sea and upon the earth. And I went unto the angel and said to him, Give me the little book. And he said unto me, Take it and eat it up. And it shall make thy belly bitter, but it shall be in thy mouth sweet as honey. And I took the little book out of the angel's hand and ate it up. It was in my mouth sweet as honey. And as soon as I had eaten it, my belly was bitter. Why? He was in harmony with what the angel said. He was in harmony with the word. And he said unto me, Thou must prophesy again. What is yet to take place? In your life, you got to keep speaking. You're, this is the part we're playing now. The bride being the final voice to the final age. And when you do that in harmony with the word, the father looks down. He said, it's pleasing. Yes. Amen. You see that Revelation 10.1, Revelation 10.7, that was the opening of the word. But Revelation 10.8 through 9 and, and 8 through 11 is the opening of the word in flesh. You understand that tonight? That's where we're at. The word has been opened. Now he wants you to be opened. He wants you to be a living epistle read of all men. That's what the composer wrote for this hour. I say, Lord, help me to live it. Help me to be it. Is that your desire as we close tonight? Help me to be it. Musicians, go ahead and come. Let me feel, let me play my part in the music. It may be just the cymbals. It may be just to clap my instrument of ten strings. But let me play my part in the music. Let me please God. Let my, let my marriage, let my church, let my family, let the people around me, may they see that it pleases God. Amen. You remember Enoch was walking with God. And he, and he saw the harmony part that he played was so pleasing to God. Until one day, God said, that sounds good. I think I'm going to bring you up here with me. Yes, I think you're ready for a promotion. Right. You've learned your harmony part so well. You subordinated yourself to the word. There was a day you didn't walk with God, but today, now you walked with God until the harmony part just comes so well. And now you, you, you're so pleasing to God. And it said he, he walked with God and he was not because before his translation he had this testimony. It pleased God. He pleased God. His walk pleased God. How? Not because he was perfect, but because he was that complimentary part. The bride type. Are you with me now? That's what you are. You're the complimentary part, and he's fixing to call you up home. Aren't you glad for that? Let's bow our heads together. Heavenly Father, we're so thankful to be that complimentary part today. We're not called to be the soloist. That's not what you called us to do. But you called us, Lord, to be a complimentary part. We're not a prophet, but we can compliment a prophet. We may not be a preacher. We may not be an evangelist. We may not, be a, may not have a great ministry, but we can compliment those who do. Lord, we can be a ministry of helps, a ministry, Lord, that, that helps one another, a ministry that prays one for the other. Help us to be that, Lord. Help us to sing in that right note, not to get too far off of the scale, not to get too far away from the note that's being played, that's being, that was written for this hour. Oh, God, help us not to be a discordant note. I pray that you'd reveal that to us when we are, Lord. If we're the discordant note in our family, Lord, may we get back together with the music. If we're the discordant note in, in the church, may we get back together with the music, Lord. May you just reveal that to us, Lord, as, as a musician would hear it and it just don't sound right. May we be so in tune with the composer that we know that it's not our job to, to be the, the main note, but Lord, it's your job, but we're the harmony part. May we work with that, Lord. May we learn to live like that. Lord, to humble ourselves because the way up is down until we become so pleasing in the eyes of God.
God, in your eyes, Lord, that you just call us home with you. I pray you'd grant it now. Move, Lord, in every heart, in every situation. Lord, I pray that you'd speak. I appreciate these people that come on a Sunday afternoon. Lord, when they didn't have to, when it's stormy outside. But Lord, just, just us that are here together, may you bind us together in love. It would be like Brother Branham talked about this morning, just a great big bundle of love. Oh God, may it be so in our hearts and our lives that we sing the complimentary part and listen for the voices of others. Lord, to be a complimentary part in the kingdom of God. I pray you'd grant it. Lord, you, you woke me up at 3 o'clock in the morning. Lord, with this especially on my mind. Lord, and I begin to write these things and I begin to think about the things that, Lord, that, that, Lord, that you gave me. And I think, God, it must be for a purpose. And I thought, Lord, make me that complimentary part. Make me to be a part that, that can sing, Lord, in such a pleasing way to God that, that, that you would want to take us up one of these days. I pray you'd grant it, Lord. Lord, may we never be discordant. May we never allow hate or jealousy or bitterness to come in among us. But Lord, may we always sing the harmony part, Lord, and walk with you because each one of us are called to be the bride of Jesus Christ. We thank you for that today. Help us, Lord. Help us to follow you. Lord, in doing what you, Lord, as you came to earth and, and sang your part, Lord, help us to sing that complimentary part so we can go home. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Do you love him this afternoon? Let's just worship him a moment before the Joel comes and you can go. I just believe the Lord is here with us today. Let's just thank him for being here with us. Amen. Let's stand together. Hallelujah. Truth will go to every tongue and nation. We're the generation. What are we saying? We're the complimentary part. We're the ones. We're the ones that get to fulfill His dream. What was pleasing to His ears. Amen. Amen. God bless you tonight. Oh, we are the generation. Thank you, Lord.
Amen. Has God been good to you today? Amen. Just before we go, ain't God good to give us so many blessings? Have you been blessed today? Praise the Lord. Just go rejoicing in Jesus' name. You're dismissed. God bless you. Well, ain't God good to give us so many blessings undeserving? Well, that's what we are. So oh.